Hello, everybody. Happy, happy, happy Wednesday. Happy podcast day. Welcome to Weekly Games Chat. My name is Sean. I am one of, you know, really recently, <laughs> John's hilarious. I'm one of three folks that, that come to you weekly and we talk about things. Uh, in this first little area, it is our intro. We just kind of catch up on the week. I'm sure we're going to, I have to talk about what John's doing right now. I've got a story for the boys that, that got me right up until recording time. And, and, you know, we have fun, but it is, it is a special week. It is the week of Thanksgiving and that is a, a strictly American holiday. Um, I'm not sure if, if, I mean, it was invented in America. Am I right, boys? Hey, let me go ahead and introduce the boys because we'll get right into talking. Uh, the better, the better part of weekly games chat as I've dubbed him from for a few weeks now. And every time I do it, Chris shakes his head is my boy, John. What's up, John? How you doing? I am the greatest that there ever was the greatest that there ever will be. And I'm just honored that you guys get to spend this, this time with me. Good for you're you. Honored. you you're, you're honored. You're honored for us. That's I'm awesome. honored on your behalf. And, yeah. uh, and of the greatest ghost of all time, ghost, if you don't know, means guest co-host or guest host, I should say. That's that's a moniker that's going to have to stick with him for a little while because he, hey, he look, gave John I dealt he gave John a beating for years. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm speaking of, of course, Chris. Chris, the legend himself. What up, Chris? If we're going to take Bret Hart's taglines, I'm going to do this right. I am the best there was, the best there is, and the best there ever will be. Because I am the excellence right of execution. That's the... <laughs> That's how you. I love the fact he went, Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, but yeah, uh, what I did was just, you shaking your head about Thanksgiving, Chris? Do they celebrate it around the world? I thought I really thought the Americans. No, it's Thanksgiving. Ours. It's ours. Oh yeah, it's ours. I, I'm sure other countries, especially transplants that are in other countries, you know, other Americans, they have their mm-hmm. their things they do. But uh, you guys got any big plans for Thanksgiving? Well, most of us are going to be authentic this year and you know eat outside. <laughs> <laughs> like the, like the pilgr- pilgrims and indigenous people did back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know that, you know, it's very much advised not to get big gatherings together. And, yeah. uh, I do know, uh, this too, my, my Nana, that's right. She's my Nana. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, she's in a nursing home and since the lockdown of COVID, she hasn't, you can't go in there. You can drop off things at the door, but she, she can't. And they've been, they, they've said that she can be checked out on Thanksgiving. Which huh. is crazy. That has that has to have been awful for her mental health. I if I mean if it think about us, we miss her. We want to see her and hug her neck, but we're not the ones locked up and can't go anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. you're already in a home. You probably I thought the way I look at it is you imagine and get excited of your daughter or your grandson or whoever coming to see you, maybe take you to the store. All that got shut down back in uh, March and April when COVID hit. So. It's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm going to be happy to hopefully see Nana quickly. Yeah. I, I, I may give her a hug, but I'm not going to stay around just in case because you know you don't want to you don't want to do anything. But other than that, you boys got any plans? I know Chris, you went to help mom with something today. Was it to do with Thanksgiving? Uh, no, just something else. Oh, um, just something else. But she is she is she going to have a big thing? She no. Like at first, it looked like it was all getting shut down completely, but yeah. um, because I am her favorite, because I'm just the greatest. Um, you know, as I said, best, best there is, best there was, uh, <laughs> like I came out and I had like the bright heart glasses on and yeah. know, the theme song just started playing as I was coming out. Uh, yeah. but anyways, now she, uh, she is going to do, 
it's probably the most low key Thanksgiving that I think she's ever done. I think my dad's like putting on pressure on her because, you know, she is in her seventies now. Like, like you don't need to do the whole huge thing that we do all the time because we, let's just be honest in my family, we, we wait for those meals because she's really good at making them. She's got that Julia child's kind of background of cooking going on. So when you make something that's traditional, it turns out really good with her. Um, right. (laughs) Yes. But she, she is picking up, uh, some, some stuff and she's going to make a pie. Um, and that will probably be the first time, though I'm not going to eat the crust, so that should be no carbs. But I'll probably be like the biggest sweet treat outside of like a a thing of ice cream that I've had in these last seven months. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you 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 gotta you gotta not splurge in the sense of everything's about to just get cray cray again, and you're gonna put down anything you want in that gullet of yours. Yeah, you deserve it. Is what I'm what I'm getting at. Just enjoy the pie. That yeah. mom just, makes. Just rake it all in, Chris. Yeah, I just will. rock it out, dude. Just no crust. John, you got any plans? Um, Thursday, I think um, me and my wife are gonna your wife, your wife, do some do some Thanksgiving together. We might invite Nana and Aunt Rhonda, um, depending on if they're available. But then Saturday is gonna be kind of our big family um, get together. Mm. Uh, we're gonna you know set up the set up we're going to set everything up outside um so, so i can come over uh maybe you've said uh, i'm part of your family that's that's not a no so just that's hang in not there a no. i just you know uh, i thought you only took family members to Callaway gardens <laughs> and uh <laughs> so uh talk about that yeah so so impress so right before the show uh John's been to the house. He he found the the restaurant. He found the shoe. He got here. I mm-hmm. don't know if you remember this, John. Chris, you won't get this visual. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the highest point of my house is a very tall point. Mm-hmm. It, the roof. It it, it, it apex. The roof apex is at least thirty to thirty six foot high. It's high. It, it's taller than the tower that I used to work. At. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's important because the wife. Yeah, my wife. She <laughs> is a fan of the Hallmark Hallmark movies, and in those movies, they decorate houses. So she wanted a Hallmark house for Christmas. Hmm. All fun and games, and and I go out and scout it, and you know, it, on in June I had the thing I had. So I'm not the the same Christmas decorator I used to be. True. Uh, tie in the fact that I am terrified of heights. Fun. You fact. really are. Uh, so I was like, we need to rent like a sky bucket or something because we don't have a ladder that's going to get up there. So she goes to the home depot. She comes back with a 36 foot extension ladder. Wow. First of all, those are heavy. Yeah, they are. Uh, and we get, uh, we get the moving along or our neighbor. He's really cool. He, he drives by and he goes, guys, this is not okay. Hmm. He, he does know my situation. So he said, I'm going to ask neighbors. And we're like, what, what are you doing? He proceeds to pull into driveways of other neighbors to ask to come help me. Well, Chris, the one he picked comes out in a Chattahoochee brew t-shirt that just says beer across it. You know, it's the ringer yeah. t-shirt with the red, you, you know, know and then name? on the back. His first name? Uh, I will say it off air. I don't want to say okay. it now. Yeah, that's fine. But, but he's, he kind of, he's cool. He kind of keeps himself, you know, and I mean this in the nicest way. 
I could tell I was like, oh, he brought his friend over, and then eventually another friend came over, and I was like, these guys are cool. Yeah, they definitely would be like the Chattahoochee Brew folks. Then I found out he likes video games. So then, of course, I'm plugging the podcast. I'm hoping he listens. If he does, what's up, neighbor? Could he? Uh, could he replace Chris? I don't know yet, cause it, cause we did bring up, you know, how sometimes folks think band just hammer. Nice, Sorry, just because you're being nice that you want to immediately go to the next level of friendship. And me and him kind of joked about it. He was like, "Hey, let's take it slow. Maybe one day we'll have a beer together." You know, that kind of joke was going on. But it was very cool. Needless to say, they had to help us with this extension ladder. We got it done for the most part. Now we can use our other ladder, and that's why I came right in at five thirty-two and huffing and puffing and having to hook up mics, but. I kind of wish somebody recorded me because I did end up going up the ladder once. <laughs> I would have uh, liked to have seen that. Oh boy! Should so this, is all, this is all inspired by the Hallmark Hall of Fame Christmas movies. Yeah, and so let me let me ask you this: This is stuff that your wife could watch from mm-hmm. Sun. Right? Yeah, she does. She does. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Look, I don't mean to disparage your wife, but this is what we call a character flaw. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> she does like a certain sports team that is an arch rival to my sports team. So yes, that was the number one flaw, but here's the deal. I'm like, look, we can, we can do anything, but go to the apex. Let's not go to the apex. Let's, let's, let's do other things. That's where legends are at the apex. Uh, Apparently legends are. And then she, so she goes up, right? Maniac takes her hands off the ladder, holding on to the roof on the apex. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) You know, and Tinley's a nervous wreck, but it, it gets done. The neighbors are super cool. So if they listen, I did give them a rundown where they could find us, what our what our thing is called. And yeah. So if he listens, uh, what up? These are the boys, John and Chris. For the um, record, if uh if Jeff and I see you with this this neighbor at the C V C getting a beer and we're not aware, there's gonna be pacing back and forth and you should just get ready for a lake bottom moment. Well, I'm I'm gonna tell you his name and then I'm gonna tell you what he looks like and, yeah. and then I'm gonna uh he goes hey, down there. Hey, yeah. Sean, a yeah. gremlin, a gremlin snuck into your room. Yeah, I saw it. She's, yeah. she's, she's tapping me on my leg now. She knows we're live because we're talking. Uh, Bobby re- was. She's on the way to return that ladder. And by the way, boys, you know I got a jeep. I've got a yeah. kind of jeep that's yeah. not like a jeep jeep, but it's a jeep no. SUV. This thing hangs probably ten foot out the back. I'm sure. Oh wow! Actually, it's all my seats are laid down. One end is touching the dash. The other is hanging about 10 foot out. Got the she old, goes driving uh, down the road. Tag on the back so yeah. people know. She's got the red tag so yeah. you have depth perception so you don't die mm. when you hit my car. <laughs> but uh, I was like, you understand when we take these lights down, I'm just giving them a good yank. <laughs> you'd be like we my dad and, again. you'd be like yeah. my dad back in the day when, like, we, when we were in Maryland where he would just, he did it one time and he just left them up. He was like, nah, it's not worth just, it, man. Yeah. You're like Clark Griswold just stapling the mm-hmm. lights against the house. <laughs> <laughs> I did say, you know, Clark got him to cut on. I said, what if these don't cut on? One. Two, what if a section goes out? Because, you know, lights love to do that. Yeah. I was like, uh, we're just rocking with it. And she was like, all right. So, but in, in fairness, she's wanted, She, I used to be in charge of Halloween, or not Halloween, Christmas decorations. I did them very kid-friendly. Tinley loved them. I'm going to give her this this year. She wants the Hallmark look, the, you know, the very clean, but festive look. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Are you guys going to do any big decorating at your new house, John? I don't know. Most of the decorating we do uh, is more internal inside. Yeah. Um, We have occasionally done lights, but um, 
uh, I, I'm going to need to borrow that ladder if I'm going to put lights on this house. <laughs> you got a big one too. Well, they have a. <clears throat> this is going to be a good joke. They have a pole. Ah. <laughs> they have a pole you can buy, right? Yeah. Uh, at Home Depot or Lowe's, and it's it's made to hang up Christmas lights. And I looked into it. <laughs> if you know how tall your ceiling is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or roof, I mean, you might, I might continue that link and go with it. Not trying to plug Home Depot unless they start plugging our show and my wallet. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. But let's let's pivot over, boys. If you guys are ready to talk about the episode of The Mandalorian, that was amazing, huh? Oh yeah, huh? Yeah, I gotta say, it was. Um, I think it didn't give me what I wanted. Right, right. But it gave me what I needed. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. You know, if if you don't want me to tell you this stop but i do know what the next episode is titled yeah it's a giveaway it's pretty big i was just uh i was just happy that they let carl weathers direct the episode yeah he did very cool and he did he did pretty good i gotta tell him you know uh do you not want to know the title of the next episode i'll know it tell me the jedi (gasps) that's an organization you know, one is called, you know, like the the child, or that's how they name all the episodes. What uh, I hope next one, huh? There is a good meme of that where the person who I think everyone is expecting that to be being handed the child, and then cut to like kind of like the last Jedi. <laughs> she just chouses the child off the cliff. <laughs> I'm gonna try to find the meme. Uh, I did. I did type the child meme, looking for her. Yeah. Uh, Spoilers it yet? I, but, well, uh, I did it first. Yeah, we will find that, and it will be fantastic. Yes, uh, boys. I started watching something on Netflix. It's called Away. Yeah, it's got Hillary Swank in it. Mm-hmm. It's about a crew that's going to Mars. Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff. I think I've watched. Wasn't ready episode. for the drama that happened. Like it's a full fledged drama about going to Mars. I don't know if they're going to do a second season of that. I know, and that I, I found that out, and I'm like, oh no, because if they like don't get to Mars or they don't come back, and these storylines don't tie up, this is what I get worried with when I try Netflix stuff. I got lucky on the Queen's Gambit, mm-hmm. and it paid out, and it kind of if it doesn't come back, it's good. If it does come back, great. Um, you guys watching anything new? I watched season four of The Crown on Netflix. If we're talking about, oh, you Netflix did finish shows. it? Yes, and uh, oh, solid. Yeah, um, the only hard part of that season is just dealing with uh, Gillian Anderson's Margaret Thatcher impersonation. Because man, is it! It's uh, it's definitely full fledged. <laughs> it's like we're you know about as dreary as uh, it was to listen to her. She's got a very yeah. unique accent to her. I'm so tired of them making Margaret Thatcher a caricature. I mean, they can't <laughs> just play her straight, man. No, they they did her. I, I felt they did her very well justice. Um, yeah. I, I learned some things I didn't know about her. Um, like there you go, Iron Lady. <laughs> I didn't know about like her son disappearing at one point because he was yeah. a, like a rally car driver. They covered that episode, but I, I mean, the star of the season though is is the Princess Di and and Charles relationship, and that whoever they cast, I can't remember her name, but the girl they cast as Di is a. Uh, very it it, like she looks like her and even when i listen to her talk she sounds just she's got that yeah that cadence and that accent Mm -hmm. um am i the only one that thought scully was hot back in the day (laughs) no i i didn't i didn't but (laughs) it was but now that i'm older and wiser i do Mm -hmm. okay that's fair yeah Yeah, that's fair but yeah 
They, uh, hey, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll briefly mention, <laughs> um, you know, Roll Tide because 63 to 3. Right. Um, we'll leave it there. I was worried about your boys, Georgia, for a minute, John. Mm. That was a tight game for them. Aren't and all against Mississippi <laughs> State. Yeah. Uh, isn't Huck, uh, isn't he a Mississippi State guy? One of our listeners, Huck, Huck MS. He may be. I think he said, I think he said he was a state guy. So they were, dude, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was, uh, I was DJing a gig and this is on before. So I DJ this gig this weekend, dude, full fledged Auburn, like Auburn, everything, Auburn flag hanging up. Mm-hmm. They, they bring out the projector to watch the game. And I go to shake the guy's hand and he sees that I have a tattoo that is not Auburn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we make fun of that, but yeah, it was, it was, a. It still was a weird week of football for me. I know we got some games yeah. played, but uh, your thoughts on that, Chris, John, anything on sports? Uh, the only things from sports this week, I was, I'm was, i kind of pissed off at what Dabo Sweeney said. I was like, shut up. That's not something you should say. <laughs> Move on. You know, and I then, missed that. Can you paraphrase it? Do so, you, you know, like a couple of hours before uh, Florida State was supposed to play Clemson, they canceled the game because there was a Clemson player who got diagnosed with COVID on Friday. He had practiced with the team all week and he had traveled with the team to Tallahassee. So the medical, you know, professionals like said, we got to cancel this game. And then Dabo accused Florida state of canceling it just because they were afraid about how embarrassed they were going to get. Now I'm just like, don't, don't, don't do that. You know, wasn't a decision that, uh, the head coach or anyone else there made it was basically just medical people making their best guess. And I'm like, don't, don't yeah, second guess them. Don't you do know? that. I, I, I quickly caught up and basically, you know, he, he basically called them cowards, the FSU yeah. COVID cowards. And is he's not getting a lot of, you know, positive reaction for sure. No, it, it was, sucks. It was a bad take for him. It's, yeah. it sucks. I did, as, as you were talking to found out that the name Dabo was given to him as an infant by his brother hmm. who tried to enunciate that boy. But because, you know, kids are cute when they talk, it came out that boy, that boy. And then it stuck, which is, I think that's pretty dope. That's it. Um, it, my big observations this weekend, besides that actual football wise, is that there's Alabama now and there's everyone else. Cause Ohio state looks freaking suspect. Notre Dame could little, be good. I, I still, I still, I'm not going to rule out Ohio state. I'm not ruling out Clemson. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is, and and by the way, it is Iron Bowl week. That's big for me and Chris John. Yeah, it's a it's a, one of the biggest rivalries in college football. You got Michigan, Ohio State, of course, course. Yeah, um, you got Alabama, Auburn. Um, you got Colorado, Colorado State. I mean, you got. Did this you is just a say Colorado, Colorado State. <laughs> no, I'm saying I was. I wanted to give some love to the West Coast, okay. USC, and who do they play? Notre Dame. Like Notre Dame, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm just trying to spread the love, and so people understand this is a big one. Yeah. Uh, and it's nasty too, you know, it really is. So we'll see. I just, it's one of those things where that team and by that team, I mean, Auburn, this is one of the years where they find a way to do some really quirky stuff. And it I don't, like don't want to watch the game. I feel I like this game, game is going to be Mac Jones revenge game. It might be. You might yeah, be right. Cause he's, you know, he basically, unfortunately lost. Game. I mean, I didn't blame him because he was like on his second start ever, but the through, yeah, well, he threw two pick sixes in that game. Yeah, yeah, you forget that that two, it was everybody remembers Tua. He's a big sports name last yeah. year. He gets hurt, and Mac Jones comes in late, and he has to play against Auburn. He's not the same Mac Jones. But how are we looking on time, Chris? We're at twenty minutes. Twenty minutes, so we're good. I, I I'm juiced up. I'm ready to hear about this topic. 
Uh, you boys, I think, are going to have slightly different takes, which mm. I think is exciting. Uh, <laughs> John is zoning in. Chris is head bobbing for you guys that can't see the visual. I think it's time to go down. Let, let's talk about. Let's let's go to the. Let's do it. Let's topic. Yeah. And we are at the topic time for this week. And as I uh, have become tradition to do, Chris, tell the people what the topic is. The uh, topic is Assassin's Creed Valhalla! <laughs> Valhalla! <laughs> it is time. It is time. Uh, and just to set the record straight, John, you played this on PC. Chris played it on his brand new Xbox Series X. Yes. So I will be I will paying close attention to see how this may differ from a gaming experience. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do know uh, you boys have put some time into this bad boy, huh? Yeah. So y'all, let's uh, let's go ahead and say the clock says, uh, well, it just started and we're kicking off. So you guys kick it off. Let's get this going. Did, did, should I say something? John? Uh, so oh. <laughs> they didn't know how to kick it off. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you gave five seconds. I, so. I have to say, the best thing that happened to this game with me was the fact that Cyberpunk got delayed because I definitely don't think I would have been able to nearly digest enough of it. <laughs> you never, uh, you never would have realized that this was going to be your game of the year, but now you know. Mm. Let's Quite not possibly, let's not yeah. get crazy, John. I, <laughs> I still feel like he is going to um, pelvic deep love the you know the cyberpunkness when mm-hmm. it comes oh, out, yeah. even if it's not good. He, he's committed at this point. But yeah, this game, uh, as I always do, I'll pull up you know notes on it when you guys talk about stuff I haven't played. It's a it's ninety percent of Google users like it. It's got great reviews everywhere, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or at least not bad reviews. Uh, there's an update coming out for it. Uh, it's a long game. It's on a bunch of consoles. So I imagine a bunch of people have played it and you guys have, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of update? Uh, I don't, it needs, a I haven't, I haven't looked at uh notes. So I don't want to ruin it. It just says a, a Valhalla updates arriving this week. It, it oh. needs a Ooh. big old thick patch. Yeah, it does. does it, well, we uh, all love, we, you know, we love, <laughs> well, and yeah. it's funny. I clicked on the link. You said, what kind of patch it says, uh, Valhalla could do with a patch or two or three. Yes. There's no question about that. That's a it says patch. it's buggy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently it's, the word it, patch is associated with Valhalla. I would say the one good thing it has is that a lot of the bugs that are in there are more in the vein of a Bethesda bug where you're like, well, that's just crazy and funny to look at. Like when you, I had one guy came and I, uh, Ooh, I did the, uh, a jump up with my ax and came slamming down on him. And that hit made me fly across the map <laughs> into a lake, you know, where I got trapped. I've had people where they have flung up on the side of a castle when I've hit them. <laughs> um, uh, I have not had the infamous rowboat, uh, floating rowboat uh, glitch. I kind of want that one. Um, and, and luckily the only ones that are really irritating seem to be more in the beginning part. I haven't seen as much as I've gone on, which is, 
um, when you're trying to force open doors or push open chests, in order to do this, you have to call in one of your members of your raiding partner because I guess the chest or the door is too heavy to brace by yourself. And sometimes you'll just be left hanging. Like you'll just be sitting there like, hey, give me a hand with this. And then Avor just starts pushing and no one is walking up to help old Avor. But as I've gone later in the game, I haven't seen that nearly as much as I did in the uh, early hours. I, don't know I, launched in, I launched into the air the mm. other day. Did you? Just, I was going up a flight of stairs and I just got <laughs> shot off into the atmosphere. Um, yeah, it was but, weird you know, None of it is, none of it, well, Chris mentioned, looked like he had a game-breaking bug, but none of it so far for me has made me have to restart or anything. I've had it's just, two crashes. Most of, it, most of it is environmental where you're, you're, you're in a dialogue and your clothing or your weapon or your hair starts flickering and twitching. Yeah. It's very distracting. It's but, physics. Um, it's more of a, it's more of an amusement rather than, um, you know, a knock. It's probably, it's probably the buggiest one, uh, since Unity. Syndicate. Well, Unity is its own beast. Syndicate <laughs> had some, had some bugs in it that were, you know, but none of well, it was, none of it was damaged. Because they were you. both in England and England gotta, has a lot of bugs. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I feel like if there <laughs> is bugs. Mm-hmm. It, it's directly tied to the launch of the next gen stuff. Yeah. I think, I mean, everything, every, I feel like, and I could be wrong and I'm strictly, I'm, I'm relying on what I'm about to say based on my experience of unboxing my PS five. Mm-hmm. It was so blah. Yeah. And it just felt like they, they kind of got everything together real quick. And I know mm-hmm. your experience with the series X was slightly different, Chris. Mm-hmm. And then it was, here's your stuff. But even when I, I loaded it up, they're having to already send out updates because things like the sleep mode, you know, yeah, rest you mode, put right? in the sleep yeah. mode, rest mode on PS five. It would just cut off. And you're yeah. like, that's not what that's for. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, as this goes on, I'm going to always wonder what it would have been like to play it on PS five with that haptic controller, because true to feel that thing you felt, Chris, mm-hmm. that that would have felt like you got hit and stuff. And why am I talking in this cadence? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> you guys, it is it is the, I didn't know this, it's the 12th, and you probably did, John, the 12th installment of the Assassin's Creed series. That I'm is reading so crazy because... That's crazy. It's like the series itself is only, what, 2007, 2008? Yeah, <laughs> so they've been pumping these bad boys yeah. out. It is the technical successor to Odyssey, but of course, different time frames. We're now a Viking, yeah. and, and this this story is centered around the Viking invasion on the country of Britain. Yeah, I think uh, I actually really like that they chose this because I don't th- like of all the times of history that they've done recently in settings. I'd be willing to bet that the majority of people do not have a lot of knowledge about this, right? Like they would think if you're going to do England and you're talking about uh, prior to say, you know, colonial America and all that, you would be doing stuff later on, like the 1400s or the 1500s, something like that um, going on. Like, you know, I think most would expect like, oh, you'd put this in the Tudor era which is like you know henry the eighth and Elizabeth you said tutor <laughs> all, all that kind of stuff or maybe like richard the third or all that what? kind of really yeah like those are the big names and, and it is like a lot of people this is kind of a little bit of at times the forgotten history of britain because you know the danes lost or the norse however you want to call them 
and therefore, <laughs> and therefore, you know, pretty much their history, even though they had set up a lot of big things that went on to grow there and they kind of got melted into the population, those that didn't leave, um, like their successes and where they were at this point were pretty much wiped out just by the Anglo-Saxons and then Christians and all that good stuff later on. Um, and I, I probably know better, but as you were talking about that history in my mind, I don't know why when mm -hmm. I think of Britain's history, mm -hmm. I don't think about it tied into America and, and our 4th of July and our independence. I, it strictly goes into Winston fricking Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I know there's like a ton that I missed before that, but isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's nuts, but yeah, this this time period seems like it would be pretty cool. Yeah, on it. and it is a cool part because, like, we often think of our own country as a melting pot or the melting pot. England at this point was the biggest melting pot in the world. You had you had Celts, you had uh, Picts, you know, you have the Anglo-Saxons, you have the Britons, and then you have the Danes uh, slash Norse. All of this is going on at one area and like over the, the events that take place, like in this time period will eventually set up what England becomes for the next 2000 years, pretty much outside. Of like, is this before or after Braveheart? This is before, uh, this is about 300 years before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the whole time I'm thinking Braveheart, I'm going, I'm going <laughs> uh, hi uh, history will tell you that I am a liar, <laughs> but history has been written by those who hang mm -hmm. heroes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, just even here, like, because this is in this period, the Roman, uh, remnants are very prevalent, like much more than they are now. Like to actually, the Ardea actually went to the North side of the map and to see like Hadrian's wall completely erect and still there, like beginning the crumble. Right. But like, totally if you, right. if you go there now, it's like, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like a fence at this point outside of a couple of like parts. You can walk the dang thing if you want to, but it's, it's, it's like very different to actually see these things as they were, or to like go to London and pretty much even the oldest things that we associate with London are not there yet. There is no tower of London at this point. Um, well, one just kind of as a frame of reference on for this time period, you would probably really enjoy it's you know it's been it's been compared it's been called like a real historically accurate historical Game of Thrones, if you will. The Last yes. Kingdom on, on Netflix is a fantastic show, and it's about all of this. Mm -hmm. um, Alfred the Great is a prevalent character in the in the show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, th that we really enjoy that show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I think I would. I gotta be honest. I, I kind of wish I would have played this game. I think I would have enjoyed it, but there, I, I think when I got to the point of, and you guys said it was in the last odyssey or the last game, mm -hmm. uh, the leveling system would have, it really would have messed with me in this game. And I know you guys are probably going to talk about that. Maybe mm -hmm. I would have loved the setting. I would have loved being a, you know, a, a BA on the back of a Viking ship, kind of holding on to it. Like, what's up? Let's go raid something, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of things I would like about it. The lore and the story would probably be obviously the central point of it. Mm -hmm. But for me, an Assassin's Creed game, the combat's so important. And I don't know how I feel about, I haven't played it. I don't know how I feel about it just from watching it. And then I don't like the level up system, man. Well, so I don't know, if, you know, it is different from what's there. I think 
they wanted to it's it's clear their main goal here was to address the biggest gripe of both origins and odyssey which was you would get to a point in those stories where especially if you think like someone who was playing traditional original assassin's creed you never had to worry about a level gate right like there were certain areas you couldn't go to the map because it wasn't time to go to those areas and then once you were you'd be fine yeah. you know it was yeah. designed to have built you up to that point versus these two games where it you would get to the point like usually around level 30s it was when i started to notice it where you would have to go off and do a lot of side activities to be able yeah. to go to the next area because the next area would be like a level 38 or 40 or something and you're saying here at 31 and if you go in there it's just it's hard unless you're really playing excellent stealth or you are really good at your timing in combat and here the idea is pretty much whenever you complete especially a main quest and even like the little side activities about every three of them you're getting a level up of there so by the whereas before you know not doing everything but still doing some in odyssey and origins i still hit those leveling points where i had to go off and focus on things in the lower areas just to get myself to that next level here i am to the point where you know where the story is i think right now is a 160 power level area and i am like at 250 something so it has you know it's clear the design is if someone wanted to mainline this, they wouldn't be overpowered, but they would be able to just keep going and they probably would not get, it would not get in their way. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Well, yeah, you can, I mean, one of the criticisms for me of this game um, is that you can, if you really wanted to, you can just go to a 250 level um, raid and spam your way through it. I mean, you can, you can get your, you can get through it if you've got, you know, the patience to do it. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, dodge dodge spam spam just spam your weapon um so i mean the balance is not and like i get what they're trying to do with the leveling system in this game but it's not nearly as balanced as the other two the other two open world rpg assassin's creeds that they had i mean what they had previously worked really well um you know and, and they even had the different avenues you wanted to go down just like in this one uh you know whether you want to go stealth whether you want to go beef up your archery beef up your combat skills you can you can do all three a combination of the three or just zone in on one and you can do that here but it's just not as focused it's not as it's not as minimalist if you will Mm. Uh, you know and 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 describing minimalist to the last two assassin's creed games is a bit you know (laughs) funny especially odyssey but yeah um you know there's there's trade-offs in into every every one of these games the past three that we've had where you're where you're like man origins really really nailed that down odyssey did this thing so well Mm -hmm. and so there's different there's give and take i would say with 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 the valhalla the strength is the story um and how they tell it and and Mm -hmm. and the other strength is definitely um, finally integrating the sailing mechanic into this large open world. They really, they really figured out a way to make that work. Um, where yeah. Odyssey, it was just kind of a one-off. Yeah. You had to do a few things here and there, but you didn't really have to commit to it here. 
it makes it more seamless because everything is connected by rivers and the raid system is connected by a river, but by rivers. I mean, that's how you go into a raid is you have to get in your boat. You have to go down a river. You have to, you know, hit that, hit that spot. And so they integrated it very well. Um, and, and, and it works, it works pretty good. It's not, it's not a chore. It's yeah. not tacked on. It's, it, it's fundamental to the Viking experience. And that's really great. That's really great that they did that. Yeah. I wish well, like with the <laughs> skill system, I wish in the end they had done something like they had an idea and I thought it, it wasn't a bad one, right? Being yeah, able to choose was. your path and all of that. The problem is it's like doing this kind of star chart thing, kind of like member uh, in Skyrim, Sean, like you would, yeah. you would go up and you'd have a star chart to different abilities yeah, if they had done something like that, I think it would have made a lot better. And not, and then like to again to steal from Skyrim, if they had done something like where it's like, look, as I use swords more often, I become more proficient in the damage it is. Whereas here for me, it was like, all right, I gotta pick a skill tree of what I want to focus on. Then I gotta go find the armor and uh, mm-hmm. weapons that work with that skill set. And I have no idea where all the different abilities are in this tree because they're all hidden to me beyond a haze. Uh, you know, I I wish it had been a little bit more organized, but at the same time, I kind of appreciate that it wasn't completely as simple as Odyssey's was, where it was pretty much from the start, you just went, okay, put this many abilities into here so I can get to this one big attack thing that comes with this skill tree. It was more of evolving over time and then that would evolve your gameplay so it is like it's there are good parts to it and then there are things that would be like you could have streamlined this a little bit better and it would have been probably you know instead of making a 200 or 300 something nodes you could have made it 100 and you know made things a little bit more meaningful when you upgraded is it fair to say i read on the things that this game tried to do uh, and it tried to integrate into your experience, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just kind of hit me. Is it fair to say this game is like a Red Dead Redemption 2, but light? Because because I was reading that it, it does try to bring in stuff. Like mm-hmm. it brought back the naval ships. It kind of scaled back on the combat involved in, in your boats. It, it brought back, you go into a settlement, kind of like you had to do in Red Dead. Uh, you can hunt, you can fish, you can, yeah. I'm reading here, you can have drinking contests. Yeah. Um, is it is it just they try to do too much stuff? Is that no, why some I, of these other things are I lacking? Think that's where they did a great job. Like to me, this is probably the world that they've built that I have enjoyed traversing and doing and finding things to do in more right. than any of the Assassin's Creed. Maybe Origins would be the closest one. I really liked <laughs> Origins, but um, like the fact that you know England is a bunch of primarily rolling hills meant that it was really easy for me to always be on my horse and riding around. And, uh, if I was saying like, I wanted to go to the, the sink point in an area on the way, there could be like three dots on the map, uh, that I could choose from to hit on the way there. And the good thing is they're all right in those precise areas, as opposed to being something you just pick up and then have to wander off and go get whatever kind of achievement, to get the quest turned in right it was like no no we're gonna do this here right here and now so then i would hit that i go to the next thing and then finally yes i'd end up in the sync point and that was kind of like again like 
how Red Dead was, where you would be riding to a mission, but then there would be, you know, 10 things along the way that would pull you off, but not pull you off enough that you were like, okay, I, I'm trying to get back to this one thing, right? It, it never feels like it's taking too long to do item or to do activities in the game. And I, I think you. that's why the map works very well. When it, whenever you do fishing in a game, <laughs> you knock off a point for me. And I, and what about that, Zelda? That even goes for Zelda. Wow. Never, I think anybody who loves fishing in real life mm-hmm. hates fishing in a video game. Unless it's a straight up video game about fishing. <laughs> yeah, there was one uh, I think on the Dreamcast that was kind of kind of <clears throat> BA. Second yeah, bass fishing. I just so far the fishing, the uh, <clears throat> the game. I forget what it's called. The rap battle. Yeah, the flighting challenges. Uh, flighting. flighting challenge. I like the flighting. The uh, and the um, the beer challenge, the drinking challenge. These yes. have all been. These all feel tacked on and just kind of a waste of my time. And I can at least say that Odyssey. As much of a, as much as bloated as people said that game is, it did not waste your time with that stuff. See, I disagree. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't know that. Or, did Origins do anything like that? I feel like all these um, bonus little mini games in the game are mm. is new at least to, they're and they're new at least to the RPG style Assassin's Creed series. I could be wrong about that, but I just, I would. I I would disagree because like the flighting, for instance, gives you charisma. It does. Like, and, it does. You know, it's it's sort of a tacked on excuse to get charisma. But you know, uh, those help. Like I don't know how much they you've help, done. But, you know, they give but, you an option but, to actually not have to do combat, which I like. I like that kind of stuff when you tell me to do those. Um the the game I think is fun. It's actually one of the the like was it Olog or what is it called? Something I've enjoyed those, but like Orlog, Orlog, yeah, that and it's a the, dice game. The drinking I like just because it was a good way to make money early on because you could make two hundred per time to do money. it. And they're again, but they're not long, right? No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that well, I, well, here's the deal. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll go ahead and ask the next question. I think we, you guys, yeah. y'all don't feel quite the same on that. I, I did want to ask this question when I read it. I don't know who I'm going to say a name. You guys are going to know it. Mm-hmm. I don't know this name. I know Desmond. Okay. Yeah. So like in other games, apparently Layla comes back. Is that how you say her name? Yes. Is Layla's, is is Layla's um, I don't know. Maybe it is. Layla. Yeah, I think it is Layla. Layla. Yeah. <laughs> so is, is when, when it goes to modern day mm-hmm. and you get to be Layla, is it as good as how it used to be for Desmond? Do you guys feel Desmond's story was good back in the day? And how do you think that carried over? Cause it says it came, it, it picks up from origins and odyssey too. I'm just doing research and trying to ask questions, guys. If I'm off, yeah, I mean the way the it, it's right in line <laughs> with how the other ones have been, which is very limited interaction. Well, it, it was limited, but there was a for me mm-hmm. uh, with with Desmond's story. It it kind of captivated me. If I if I went back to it, I'd be like, "Ooh, this I, is happening now." You can access well, the animes the animus whenever you want, but like there is maybe one moment early on where you get pulled out, and I don't think I've been out of the animus since then. Um, you know, and I think, like I said, they they got too much criticism of that back in the day because people were just like, I don't care about this. Well, that's because I, I like Altair be, yeah. and, you know, the, you wanted to be those characters. You didn't care about Desmond. Exactly. You know, um, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I always thought that Desmond's story was important, but mm-hmm. not always imperative. Who? No. 
Uh, I mean, plus in the main in the mainline games early on, and even when even when Des Desmond was out of the picture, there were segments of the game that would that would force you out of the animus to yeah. do yes. this cutscene, do this story, and and progress from A to B. In these open world RPGs, you can go out of the animus anytime you want, mm-hmm. but they typically touch on the story in the beginning. Maybe they do it 30 hours in and then they do it at the end. Yeah. Um, but they pretty much let you play in the animus. Hey, yeah. you, they don't make you pull out. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I like it. Their focus is, but the most interest, interesting aspect of the game to me is what they've done with uh, the combat. Oh, and I got to say, I got to say in the skill trees, my favorite move so far it's just you know i'm maybe i'm up in the rafters kind of mm-hmm. like uh, i'll never be with sean but uh kind of, <laughs> kind of up in the rafters and so may, say there's three guys down below you can <clears throat> the way i've got it set up now is i can i can arrow one of them in the head <laughs> air assassinate one guy and then the the last guy i can i can point my ridicule at him and throw a throw an axe at his head yeah and just completely clear the room. And that's like, that's the most continual assassination I've ever done in a Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> Arrow shot, uh, hidden blade hatchet in a face. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, a, and it's this really cool cut scene where it shows you throwing the ax and the ax just, you follow the ax into the guy's skull. Yeah. And that's pretty so, cool. It is so BA. I, I are, never get tired of doing that move. Are, um, are you tired of, I mean, do you constantly assassinate? Cause I did read that, you can choose a diplomatic end to some of these things. Have, are you choosing just to just to slice heads off? Uh, I'm not sure what they're talking about with that. I'm not sure. There's like about. there's diplomatic choices as far as like, do you want to be like we're throwing down, you know, type as that, but it's never like if it's a main main thing, those have their written conclusions. You have to kill them. Yeah. You, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't let you choose. I mean, I mean, to me, starting with Odyssey and this. The choice, the dialogue trees are just—they're silly. They've—they're just trying to be Witcher. Um, yeah, okay. way the, too much. There is more—I give them credit—a little bit more weight this time, from my understanding, to decisions that are made. Are um, they like Mass Effect, early Mass Effect? I would weighted. It's more of like I think just Not in the sense of like how you uh, how you choose to be. Like there's a person, like for instance, like say there's like a, a Norse character that dies, right? You have the choice a lot of times to put the ax or their sword in their hand, which is a very important thing in their culture because that is what's necessary to enter Valhalla, right? Valhalla. Or you can, or you can deny that from them and they'll go to Helheim. Um, so, you know, like having that choice there, like it, it's clear, you know, you always have like Odin talking to you in these moments. Um, and it's clear that that's going to have an impact as you go forward, uh, you know, there, there's also certain, even though the relation stuff is better than what's been in, uh, <laughs> the last Assassin's Creed game there, there is at least potential consequence to those actions that I'm seeing. Well, th- this feels like it, it's the right time to ask you this. Do you speak of consequences? I did note that there were romance uh, adventures you could take and, and encounter if you chose to even same sex like the previous titles yeah have you guys or, or followed? You, you can mix it up yeah, yeah, yeah right have you guys had some fun with that like gta style 
pumping in a car on a street corner? I, I never, I've never considered it fun. I've, I've been very uninterested in it. Um, I wonder dude, why. I've, um, <laughs> I did. Cause like GTA, dude, I can't wait to <laughs> go into a car, go under a bridge. <laughs> I've, uh, I have taken two partners and the thing is with this, unlike, uh, oh. unlike Odyssey, Odyssey was just pretty much like, do you, for whatever reason, want to hit Y to have these two people, you know, kissy kiss for five seconds and then do a pan out shot and then act like there was never a relationship or anything else. Right. It was, it was just kind of like, yeah, we're having sex and that's it. Um, <laughs> in this one, like you can actually, especially with people in your area, you can get into relationships and like they lead down to their own quest. Like this, the first girl I dated was, um, she, she ran the hunting lodge and we ended up like going to rescue her brother, but there was some sort of mushrooms that were, uh, emulating and they basically gave us a psycho, uh, tropic, what was it called? What, you know, psychotic experience or psychedelic experience. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, like where we're going, we're chasing around a mythical, like white elk and all this other crazy stuff is happening. Uh, but then I've also had, I broke that off because then I noticed there was another one, which I think is one they're trying to steer you towards that I can see will actually have some real impact if I don't decide to end this relationship at some point. Like it is very, very big and I'm interested. I'm kind of to the point where I'm like, I'm going to play. out. I want to see what the impact of this is. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. you know, just to judge. Yeah, it. No, yeah. That, that one in particular, um, that's going to be important. Yeah, cool. Ubisoft at one point tweeted that Valhalla was not going to be the largest or biggest <laughs> Assassin's Creed game. Can you guys confirm that? Did it not feel like bigger than say? No, it's bigger. You think it's bigger? <laughs> There's no question in my mind that this game is bigger than uh, than it's, than Odyssey. Odyssey was long because of the fact you had to do everything to progress the story. Like that was the thing. Like the fact you had to, if you wanted to beat that game, you had to get to level 50 and there was no way to do that, but to do side things. This yeah. game is just long in the sense of like the main story yeah. itself yeah. is like, a, it's like Witcher almost not quite to that level, but it's getting up there where, you know, even if I spend all day and I've had those days, um, cause I've been off for the last week where all I was doing was mainline quest. It was like, two, three hours per, you know, just main stuff. And it, it adds up over time. Yeah. Sean, speaking of, speaking of the mainline quests, this one does something very new and I got to say quite successfully. Um, you know, at the time, historically Britain was not England. It was, it was what six or seven Kings at the four, time. Four Kings. Was it four, four Kings, but yeah. there were multiple kingdoms. Um, and your and and you know it really integrates and takes advantage of that aspect of history to tell a really interesting story that is that is segmented and fragmented. Basically, you go into your your village and you and you stake a knife into the map and you claim a territory and then you go off to that territory and this separate story unfolds about the ruler that they want to put on the throne. Um, each story is a way to, is, is the way for your, for the Danes, your group to gain influence and alliance in that territory. Yeah. It's, um, that's very cool. It's, yeah, it, it is a very, it's one of the more interesting 
um, methods of storytelling that I've seen in these games um, I, since Ezio. I think oh, compared to this, like I, I don't love every aspect of it, right? As far as how they've handled it, but I would say I was I'm much more invested in the personal story, and I feel like it's better developed because of the way it's done. Um, from like Odyssey. Mm, not so much. I mean, I did, I was invested in origins, especially with uh, certain events that took place to Bayak and that, where I was like, man, it's kind of cold blood. Um, but like, you know, Odyssey was like, you were just this mercenary running around. Like one day I could be go fight for the Spartans because it gets me this gear. And then the next day I fight for um, the Greeks because it gets me this gear. And <laughs> that was kind of like where choices and things, you were just doing things and there might be famous faces you recognize and uh along the way but you didn't really build anything with them here but like there are characters here that as you go through these arcs you you really do get to learn them a little bit um and everything feels personal and ties back to the main character avor uh here because you get what his main goal is his main goal is to better his position for his people in this country that is the goal by making alliances and the good thing to this is if you ever come across characters for the most part that you're not loving they're gone after three hours um with a few exceptions that make a few uh return calls but the other good thing is you're ready to go to the next story after you do this because most of them the way they end is so cool and so uh fulfilling that you're ready to see what the next one has to offer you like uh, John, I know you've done some of these end sieges like I have, like where they're just kind of epic as the oil is pouring down on the battering ram and you're just storming this castle. It's it's so cool the way they end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> John says, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all. <laughs> no, no, no. It's very, I mean, it's uh, it's very they really it, it begs the question, you know, if you don't want to if you don't want this to be an Assassin's Creed game for you, it doesn't have to be. This no. could be this could be the next open world RBG that you want to play. And do the weapons break? No. Thank no, God. They, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank God. But yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty solid game overall. I, I I've I've enjoyed a lot my time with it. But you know, um I'm I've played I've played about 35 hours which means about 25% of this game is completed by me. Yeah. Yeah. Um not everybody um has the luxury of being off thinking, thinking it's another game of time yeah. off and <laughs> uh, before he was kicked out and I'll touch on that quickly too cuz I want to talk about how much this game had as far as adversity before it's released. Um creative director Ashraf Ismail had stated that there was a novel, let me find it. Michael Crichton's 1976 Eaters of the Dead, which was a mm-hmm. retelling of the epic poem Beowulf, yeah. was a major role as far as the setting of Valhalla. And they later went on to um, release a exclusive mission. And I guess this is for Chris, because, John, you just said you've only played about 35. I didn't get this hours. mission. You yeah, had, the, the Legend of Beowulf? Yeah, that the Legend of Beowulf. Did you pre-order the game? Did any of y'all get that? And have you played it? Yeah, I I played that mission two nights ago. It's not it's not a very long mission, but it's just a mm-hmm. it's sort of a a take on how. I mean, it's interesting in the in the aspect of how an epic poem like that comes to be. Um, like 
it, it gives you sort of a real world story of what that was. Um, and then shows you how someone's going to exaggerate that story mm-hmm. and make it, yeah. you know, make it more grandiose than it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see, I mean, that aspect, um, eaters of the dead is not a very well-known Crichton book. It's, it's one of his, <laughs> I said that for you. I, I'd be willing to bet more people know the movie, right? Yeah. I think, what is it called? The 13th, 13th warrior. warrior. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty dope. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of stuff they had to, to overcome, you know, COVID really hit this project a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy I just mentioned, Ashraf Ishmael was wrapped up in a bunch of, uh, scandal, <laughs> scandal in June. He ended up having to leave the company for sexual mm-hmm. misconduct. Uh, let me see the people Bloomberg he did, news. He uh, did sorry. Origins as I didn't. Yeah. He he did. Chris. Yes. He was, the guy uh, did origins. he was on origins and black flag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So He's, that was pretty, that was a big loss for them. Uh, they, they had the COVID, like I said, and then also in June, uh, reports from Bloomberg came out that there was other misconduct from a professional level within the company. Uh, members of the development team were mad that there weren't more use of a exclusive female as the main character. And I know that in the previous, maybe one or two Assassin's Creed games, and maybe this one, I don't know. You could be a, a, a you can be you know, female or you male. You can do we okay. So there's three options. You can be male. You can be female. You can interchange whenever you want between those two. Or there's a third option where basically you let the game itself decide which version of Avor you play as. Uh, in in that sequence, and so I'm not really sure. That's pretty cool. Why, but. <laughs> Um, uh, one, one thing that I saw that was very cool. You guys wouldn't know this. I'm just going to say it to the folks listening that they introduced a, um, a number of features that I read and let me pull it for the quote that gave more accessibility to physically impaired gamers. So there were things yeah, they could do that ton. make the quick time events kind of be a thing that isn't hard on, on those players, there's which a, I think is just super cool. Yeah. There's a ton of customization like even down to difficulty, like if you want, if John wants this to be the hardest stealth game he's ever played, he can make that, you know, the choice and then just have regular combat for those instances when he has to do it. Like that's perfectly fine. You can tweak like the way the, the music comes in and the way subtitles appear, uh, different color shaders. There's, there's a lot. Um, and I, I'm glad that that's becoming the norm. I am too. That's, that's really dope. Yeah. And I'm glad you guys got to get this game a full week earlier. You remember it was going to come out on the 17th and then they changed it to the 10th of yeah. November to line up with the release of the series X. And John was able to, while not able to secure a series X and you notice I'm not going to say PS five cause you know, good things. Uh, John was able to play it on PC. I imagine your guys' experience were pretty, pretty similar. I know we're in a COVID world and you couldn't see and talk about it and, and stuff, but uh, I do know Chris specifically mentioned playing it on his regular Xbox first, his mm-hmm. Xbox One, and then popping in his Series X, and was like, "Oh my God, it's amazing!" I will say I have the advantage there because, from what I'm understanding, the reason why it's so great for me is I bought that new TV, and this game with a variable refresh rate is smooth and buttery and beautiful. But we even had friend, uh, I heard it first from friend of the show Platt, who also got this on Series X. Um, and then I've read articles too, where if you don't have that variable, uh, refresh rate, this game on console, at least screen tears a ton. I don't know if John's getting that on the PC version. Are you getting any screen tears, John? That means. Yeah. I'm having, I'm having to, um, turn on V-Sync. Okay. 
yeah. just a letter, just because I get sick of looking at the mm-hmm. the tearing. And I really don't think I've really optimized my settings because you know I'm still I'm still learning my way around that stuff. But Noob. interestingly enough, I saw a video today on Digital Foundry that said that um, as far as the PS5 performance, as far as frame rate, mm-hmm. it's consistently locked at 60. Like it never moves from 60, and on the Series X, it it goes between 55 and 60. So yeah. from a frame rate performance, it looks like the PS5 had it beat. Um, graphically, I don't know. Um, but, you know, w- one thing I want to, I think is important to touch on th- it, it, from a comparison, and this will be my last thing, comparison from Odyssey to, to this one is kind of its combat, mm-hmm. how it works, because I think it's the most intricate combat system um, for good or for better or worse. Um, just the different ways you can wield weapons. Um, it's a combination of uh, real time and quick time parrying. It's a very, you know, it's a very intricate system where you can, you can dual wield axes, you can use spears, you can use broadswords. You can actually even wield two shields and just use your shields to pummel people. Yes. Um, There's a, there's a lot of variety in how you approach combat. Um, and just, just the coolest features, you know, it's kind of doing, um, I don't know that it works beautifully, but it's kind of doing this thing where you can break down their, what did they call it in Sekiro? Um, oh, their stamina, their stamina. There's a stamina bar. Yeah. And you, and even you have, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not as, it's not as punishing as a, as a Sekiro. Yeah. Um, the ogres, the ogres, uh, Sean are easy to take down. Good. I'm in, <laughs> but, you know, you can either just, you know, dodge and, and attack, or you can actually parry their attacks. And when you parry their attacks, it breaks down their stamina bar, um, which, which works pretty well. Um, you know, I go back and forth between dodging and parrying, depending on, you know, how much, how in trouble I am during combat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, one of the things, you know, I don't, I, I'm curious, I, I'm really interested to see how Chris feels about this. One of the things I loved about Odyssey was how much loot they shove down your throat. <laughs> um, because you can do so much with it, you know, particularly early on, you you know, they're constantly giving you better stuff to use as you progress. And you're, and you're, you never look the same from hour to hour in the game. You're always putting on new stuff. With this game, um, you know, this not necessarily criticism, but just an observation, because, you know, I'll be able to tell people how I feel about it once I get more time with it. The gear, the weapons um, are very, they have a very different approach in this game. It's it's few and far between. Um, they're specific and, and, um, um, sp- the, the, the weapons and the, and the armor are specific to yeah um i mean there's just not a lot of variety um basically um they, they do have different gear they do have different armor depending on the play styles you you want to use i mean they have that but just you know i just part for now i just sort of miss being thrown all this gear mm-hmm. you know if you defeat an enemy they drop gear but not but not in not in valhalla there's special places you have to go to find them some of them are very hard to find um, you know, but you know, uh, I even went, went went so far as to go into the Ubisoft store because I wanted some better hmm. gear, I, some more better gear. I got some better gear. I um at first at first I was a little conflicted by you, but once I actually saw what they were doing and I got 
deeper into the story. I mean, the, the idea seems to be, you know, with wealth, you, you know, you're always going to find, uh, at least the big wealth ones, you are going to find some sort of ingot, uh, what some sort of gear, ingot, yeah, ingot, sorry, sorry, uh, gear or weapon, or you're going to find a, uh, an ability, right. Or an upgrade to an ability, one of the two. Um, and at first I was like, okay, I don't really get this, but then I started realizing I'm like, oh, they're giving me all this like stuff so that later on, as I got to the middle of the game and I explored a bunch of the map and I did start getting complete gear sets right and did start finding weapons that matched my play style, it was easy and fast to get them to levels where they were doing awesome. And then I could figure out and try between them and say like, okay, what is this one like versus this one? to the point where now I'm on end game gear, right? Um, levels where I'm getting those final, uh, tier of those so I can upgrade them and then begin to upgrade to the highest levels of damage yeah, and all that. Chris, um, right now, right now you look like Gimli if he wasn't a dwarf. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, then that's the only time I have to really worry about conserving and what I choose to upgrade versus maybe what I don't decide to upgrade because I've done all that experimentation that gave me so much of the resource just by exploration basically that you know now I'm like okay I have picked the design I want which was like my guy he has this thing where if I block you with my shield if I parry you my all of a sudden my crit damage on my heavy attack goes through the roof and I can take someone's like three-fourths of their life bar away with that one hit because I've also stacked on all these runes to boost my crit and heavy. Like that's the kind of stuff I like. And I like that more than per se, because it reminds me a little bit of the Witcher, which was, I would find the wolf gear because I liked the wolf gear set and then a little bit. (laughs) And then over, over time I would find an upgrade version of that same gear. And then, you know, that's, that's how I would do it there versus like Odyssey. The thing I didn't really necessarily enjoy was, by the end of it, you really just were caring about the mythical sets. And then I feel like, especially for most of us, it was, you know, if you're playing as Cassandra, it was the Amazonian set. And if you're playing as uh, Alexios, it was the, um, what was what was his name? Achilles set. And like, basically, that's why everyone was beelining towards. Because, the, you know, when, when you read the stats that you got with it, uh, and you saw what it was like at level 50, you're like, well, why would I? pick this random you know purple spear or something you know, i'm not gonna use that i would just use this instead i, I you know I, I i like this more where i have to decide like these are both can be mythical weapons if i want they can both be ba but do i want the thing that sets people on fire or do i want the sword that's faster you know those those are fun or do i want both <laughs> and i i have i did a thing where i had my axe that lights people on fire and the sword was my shield per se. And the thing is when you hold it down, he just starts charging them with the sword. <laughs> so I would do that, stun them and then just chop people's heads off as they light on fire. I did it to a bear, set the bear on fire. It was the greatest thing ever. Uh, that's <laughs> fantastic. You always yeah. have like pretty cool little stories about your little setup. So that's dope. Um, Assassin's Creed, uh, it is saying that it sold more copies than, uh, in the first week than any release of any other Assassin's Creed game. So that's dope. Yeah. And John, for you in the PC world, it was Ubisoft's most successful launch of any PC game they published. So that's nice. pretty dope too. And I helped. 
<laughs> you did. You were part of it. I will say uh, um, one last thing. One more thing. One last thing. The map, um, not just like the way the map as far as traversing it, but like the layout of the map. Every Ubisoft game should be like this from now on. I think. I think it's a great system. Basically, you have three types of dots there on there. You have yellow, which is wealth, which were all those things like the gear and all that. There is blue, which are mysteries, which can be anything from little tiny fetch side quests that take two seconds to like legendary hunts or puzzles, you know, all sorts of different, the flighting. And then you have the third, which is artifacts, which usually have some sort of interesting thing. If you collect them, you can like turn them in and and get whatever. It makes it very easy to look at the map and it not become over cluttered because it's definitely designed that when you find these things more than likely, if you were going to do them, you'll just do them right then and there. If I show you a gear icon, you're going to go freaking go try to get that gear. You know, that's, that's kind of the idea. And it's just, it's a nicer presentation to look at the map than say a lot of the other Ubisoft games. And especially I'm thinking of like syndicate (laughs) where it was just like 9 million icons across the screen. And you're just trying to be like, how do I get down this alley? Where, where is it going? I, I like this system more. Well, it's funny that you say that they should, you know, kind of use this as this new thing. Uh, and I'll go ahead and go into some of the reception. That way we can get you guys a Richard up here. Um, so one of the reception basically said that this game should be used in the same way that um, Unity was used to rethink future Assassin's Creed games. And then you flip over and you see positive things like GameSpot uh said that it it loved the story it there were some plot lines that came to a kind of a conclusion but it did note like a lack of character development but overall it was a good you know a good review so um i think you know i i think in my head if i had to guess i kind of know where you're at from a numeric standpoint on a richard um you guys have hit on some things that have been good not so good um, I will tell you watching the streams, I hate the combat. So I don't know if I'll ever get sold on that. It just does not look like it feels like an Assassin's Creed game. But John said the last one was like that too or something. I don't know. But whichever one of you boys want to go first, sling them on the table. Tell us your Richards. Let's do it. Boom. <laughs> hey, Richard. Uh, right now, I'm, uh, I think for the time being, look, this is this is an Assassin's Creed game. I'm having a blast playing it, but right now it's, um, it's, it's an eight. It's not reaching the level of Odyssey. The inner loins. Yeah. Odyssey was my, Odyssey's my queen. Really? For the the open, open world RPG Assassin's Creed. Brotherhood is my, is my staple for the mainline traditional Assassin's Creed games. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm at an eight right now, and that could go higher. I don't think it'll go lower. I think, um, I think it's, it'll, it won't go lower than an eight, but it could go higher mm-hmm. as I'm, you know, you know, getting more story and getting more gear. Because Chris is right that the gear could pay off um, from a formula standpoint. It could be doing exactly what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. Chris, thoughts, prayers. I would probably right now. I think I'm at an eight point five. Um, I don't think this is as revolutionary as Origins was. Like, to me, that was the reset it really needed. But I give them credit because they did, you know, they very well could have just said Odyssey seems to be very popular, right? Had a very long tail to it. 
um, where maybe people were a little bit skeptical first, it people kept picking that game up. And I, I would imagine before this, it was the most played Assassin's Creed ever. Um, but I do give them credit because there's a lot of good innovation here. Uh, yeah, and I, I really think this is kind of what I want more. I do, you know, the assassin stuff is interesting and I don't mind it being here as far as a point of history, but I kind of like how it is in this game for the most part outside of the order of the ancient stuff. Um, which is like, yeah, there's two guys from, from the bureau right here in my camp. You know, they're there, but I do, I do love that. It, at least it's, at least it's, giving a wink and a nod that this is an assassin's creed yes by having assassins in it but but for the most part what what i enjoy about this is that this does feel like avor's tale and it feels something that's authentic to the side i also think i'm a little biased here um just on the setting itself because you know where's john i know john was so hyped up about syndicate just because it was victorian london and he loves that setting to me when I watch this, like to some extent, I'm getting flashbacks to childhood of being in the summer side of, or the south side of, uh, of here of we England go, John. And things like. No, it, it's just like <laughs> this is what I remember. Chris is British. Yes, for Look, sure. <laughs> some people love London. Me personally, the thing that I love about this, and you see it here, like going by and seeing a giant chalk snake carved into a mountain. That is something you get while you're in England, and it's just. You don't see that anywhere else. Going to the Dover Cliffs and seeing that beauty, like I love galloping around through this where it can be nice rolling hills and all of a sudden it's a murky forest to wet marshlands. Like I think that's a much more beautiful thing to explore Britain than just London. London to me is just, it's a city. I'm like, okay, cool. To all you Londonites who are listening, uh, you can reach Chris directly. <laughs> uh, I'll pass out his Twitter later on, but no. Uh, but great, great job, guys. This, this was a game we had penciled in for a long time. We were excited to play it. Uh, Chris Chris did get a really kind of cool advantage um, based on the delay of Cyberpunk. Um, yeah. But regardless, that boys, that John put in 35 hours. Chris has logged in more than that. That's a lot of hours. Uh, and they brought their their yeah, honest like honest reviews to you to your ears today, um, but I think we're at a point now where we have some news to bring to you, fine folks, and um, get ready because it's about to go down. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. 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 Just like every week, we have made it to our news section. This is brought to you by our news team, headed by none other than John himself. But to kick off this week, bringing up some Far Cry news will be Chris. Hey, according to the Microsoft Store, Sean, Far Cry 6 will be released on the PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X slash S, the Xbox One, PC, and Google Stadia on May 25th of next year. The original February 18th date was delayed due to the impact of COVID. Granted, this date could just be a placeholder, but we know that Microsoft Store has a history of revealing release dates early. The game will run at 4K 60 frames per second on the next-gen hardware. So just like, Natively, yo. Just like it does for uh, the Assassin's Creed. Uh, you boys excited for Far Cry 6? Oh, you played the last yeah. one. I played uh, The last one I played was Primal. 
kind of feel like I missed out on uh, the last one. So maybe I'll hop in this one with you. I don't know. Primal's my jam, dude. Primal was legit. I kind of wish I had a chance to play uh, Demon Souls, though, if I'm being honest. Mm. (laughs) You could have. I could have? Yeah. Because Blue Point, the developer. Whoa. Oh, whoa, 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 not you, not you, not Ah. you, not you. Man. Wow. I gave you the names, Chris, and you, you, Chris, you're good till Cyberpunk. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go take an official Cyberpunk guy. And you need to go ahead and read it because there's a thing you got to do at the end of it. You got to tighten it up. So right now, yeah, John, what's up? At one point. What? I don't know if you'd heard this already. But you might have been able to play Demon Souls. Shut your face. Blue Point, the developer behind the Demon Souls remaster, briefly considered an easy mode before deciding to axe the idea. Something to do with an ogre. Blue Point creative director Gavin Moore told the Washington Post that an easy mode was being contemplated. But it was ultimately decided against stating, quote, this project remakes the work of another development team. While we've made some changes, our core driving mantra see Sean mantra has always been to preserve the spirit and intent of the original creators. While we consider and discussed an easy mode, we ultimately decided it wasn't our place merely being custodians for this amazing game to add something that would fundamentally alter its balance. I'm amazed uh, guys at the, you know, at the, at the following behind making these dark souls type games Mm -hmm. have, an easy mode. I mean, yeah. there are there are serious people out there who get pretty passionate about the idea that that, that they have the right to enjoy these games. Um, you beat you beat one game that's Demon Souls ish, and now you're the guy who all of a sudden talks down on us for wanting an easy mode. Do you want an easy mode? Not really. Okay, there was. <laughs> I want yeah, it the right way. I'm divided <laughs> on it because it's like. Any other, there's so many games out there where if you're ever struggling, you can just drop the difficulty, right? But we know. Uh, it's called Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and that's why you <laughs> played for 65 hours. <laughs> that's so easy compared to Team Um But, you easy know, they they specifically, like, to their credit, the reason why um, they've always done so well from software is because of the fact that whereas maybe Valhalla at times hangs up, in combat because things catch. I, I don't feel like those are issues that have really ever plagued from software. Like, yeah, they're hard challenges, but they are fair. Uh, and as long as you know and can figure out what the situation is that you have to be aware of, uh, then it just comes down to execution. Like to me, this would be the same as giving like super meat boy an easy mode. Like where all of a sudden it makes a little platform like 10 feet wide and be like, why, what was the point of that? For enjoyment and replayability and more sales. Nah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so so Sony had to issue a Games Pass response and uh, none other than our, our favorite Jim Ryan, CEO of Sony Interactive, did so. Uh, he indicated that uh, there's just news to come on that PlayStation response to Xbox Games Pass. And you know that's Microsoft's most popular subscription-based game service. He made it clear that, quote, there is actually news to come, but just, you know, not today. Ryan went on to point out that PlayStation has already hit its November subscription service. Uh, I guess that's like a quota. I don't know. What features would you like to see uh, in your PlayStation subscription service, boys? Any? 
I just want I just want them to incorporate it into uh, PS Plus. Yeah. I think that's a winner right there. That's all. I think that is all you have to do for this service. That and make it so that Sony exclusives come out day one on it. That's what's almost, gonna be almost the their thing. exact version of what Microsoft already does. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you just you integrate it and and you make it like games Game Pass, but with the understanding that there are certain titles like on the PS3 that you're just not going to be able to download onto the system. Yeah, that's where the streaming comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense. It's that, that's all I got to do. It's not hard, guys. Yeah, it's it, it's like I don't see why they wouldn't do this just because you're looking over Microsoft and you can just see the potential of money. You know, if I told you that the top selling game uh, of their exclusives has sold nowhere near the top selling exclusive of, of, you know, Nintendo, right. In any generation or, you know, is at best on par with Microsoft's uh, best efforts. And back when Halo was King, you would go like, why wouldn't you do this? You know, if I can guarantee that 35, 45, 50 million people give us money every month versus trying to get 5 million in sales on some exclusive we have. One of those is going to generate a lot more income for them uh, long-term. So I just don't want them to be the last of us to do this. type. I was going to say, you know, another, why wouldn't you do this? (laughs) Just like John said, you don't want it to be another last of us, but check out this news. (laughs) That was amazing. All right. Uh, HBO uh, has ordered uh, the Last of Us series. It is official. Yeah. Um, based on the Last of Us video game franchise, according to Francesca Ori, HBO executive, and the Blind Forest. Wait, what? Yes, HBO executive vice president of programming Neil Druckmann, um, whoever that is, and Chernobyl writer Craig Mazin are attached as writers of the show. HBO is partnering with Sony Pictures Television on the series with PlayStation Productions, Word Games, and Naughty Dog all co-producing, or as I wrote, producting. Uh, Quote, Craig and Neil are visionaries in a league of their own with them at the helm alongside the incomparable Caroline Strauss. Um, And you know, Caroline Strauss, she's amazing. I can't compare her to anybody, dude. (laughs) (laughs) This series is sure to resonate with both diehard fans of The Last of Us games and newcomers to this genre-defining saga we're delighted to partner with naughty dog word games sony and playstation to adapt this epic powerfully immersive story hopefully it comes to hbo max i would definitely look forward to seeing this in real it should be i hope i hope they can really capture the grittiness and the the rawness and you know the i'm gonna stab you in your neck because i want to live vibe of this game i wonder what a clicker is going to look like in live action oh can you imagine or a loader i don't know I, I, I'm very excited. I feel like they're going to get it right. I feel like the game can clearly be set up as a series. And, and I think, I think the Witcher set a trend where the people they've seen make something that's in the video game world, instead of a movie, you know, make it a series and, and, and go off, you know, missions and things like that. And I can't wait. I love it. I love the series. You know, I finished last of us two and, I am excited. Um, I don't know that I'd. Well, I would say yeah. um, the one thing I'm hoping for is if they're going to put Bill in there. Remember Bill from the first one? Yeah. Uh, I hope it is the actual voice actor because he he's best known as being Dan on Deadwood. And he's 
I think he would be fine as just the regular character, you know, version of it too. So I, I hope they call him back because I liked him in that game as well. Deadwood is what I used to call my Richard. Oh. <laughs> Did it get a record price? Nothing. Just cricket. <laughs> totally cring. Crickets. Hey, let's 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 switch it up a little bit and let's talk about a world record price for video games. A sealed copy of Nintendo's Super Mario Brothers 3 has sold for 1,000, wait a minute, 156,000 US dollars. And that set the world record for the highest price paid for a video game at an auction. This surpasses the previous sale of Super Mario Brothers, which was for 114,000. The bidding for Super Mario 3 began at 62,000 and 20 bidders fought for the chance to purchase it. And in doing so, also made this the world's first ever million-dollar video game auction. According to a press conference, or a press release, I should say, while the condition of the game is remarkable, what makes this copy even more singular is the layout of the packaging itself. Exceedingly rare are sealed copies with the word bros, not brothers, formatted to the left, covering one of Mario's signature white gloves. Collectors have spent years looking for such a version. Like a version... The earliest in Super Mario Brothers 3 production history and usually come up with, uh, you know, empty hands, a.k.a. empty handed. Yeah. If you had if you had this much money and you were a collector, do you think you would have bid on it? If this was yes. your pick? Oh, I yeah. think so, too. Yeah. I think that's a steal. If if this is yeah. if you're rich and you find this, you're like, this is, a, this is almost like a holy grail. Particularly when you know that you used to, for for two minutes of your life, you had this game wrapped in cellophane. Yeah. And now would, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I would buy this totally just to go I, to John's house. Yeah, and, when, I think about, like uh, when I think about this much money being spent on a game, when I was a kid, when I was in my heyday of collecting comics, Amazing Spider-Man number one was worth $6,000. Mm-hmm. Just... Just six thousand dollars. I mean, what? I mean, the first edition of The Incredible Hulk was a fifteen fifteen hundred dollar buy if you wanted to get a hold of it. Honus Wagner was worth thirty three thousand dollars. Yeah, baseball card. These num these numbers. I mean, my dad talks about having copies of comic books that are worth thousands today, just sitting in his corner in a stack. Now you and I talk about you know, that copy of Super Mario Brothers that we used to have sitting in the corner that I traded in two years ago. <laughs> so. Well, I, I, you know, I, I did tell you, I think Chris knows, I have a I have a Jerry Rice rookie card. It's worth a little bit of money, and I'm excited about what it's worth. What is your address? It's not worth a hundred and something thousand dollars, though. It's like, that's, shoe that, and that's Wendy's. big money. You just got to find the shoe in the Wendy's. There's a shoe in a Wendy's, bro. Yep. <laughs> um, you come to my house, Chris. I have got no pivot on how to tell you that your game is leaking, but that's now it's your turn. If I come to your Talk house, about I just got to look for Hallmark, apparently. Um, well, if you come to my house, I'll say, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, it would appear the physical copies of Cyberpunk 2077 have shown up in people's hands, so beware of spoilers and leaks on the internet. A Reddit user showed an image of the game's physical game case and claims to have held it in his hands as Amazon job. The particular image showed a PS4 game case indicating a PS5 upgrade availability sticker on the box and also confirms that the game will come on two discs for the PlayStation 4 version. 
Indeed, the game has already leaked per users on Reset Era, with streamers broadcasting around 20 minutes of the game. Uh, the game's Nomad Life Pad, uh, Path. Sorry. Uh, this is a sure sign that we may begin to see more definitive spoilers of the game. Therefore, I will be going into my bunker uh, for the next <laughs> Good job, buddy. two weeks and uh, just continuing to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla because they don't have the internet back in uh, 1879 England. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm getting geared up to or get excited for Cyberpunk. Uh, I do know that, uh, I forget who played it already over at uh, IGN, they played like a lot of hours and they, they say they've barely scratched this game. Chris and I, John, talked earlier where we said if it is this kind of game, if it's like straight deep and lengthy, this might be a two or three weeker of the podcast. Just because it's years in, it's a big game. I might disappear from the podcast till March and be like, I have beaten (laughs) Cyberpunk. (laughs) I do love the fact that they're going to own 175 hours. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, everybody's talking about how their open world RPGs want to be smaller and shorter now. Like 30, 40 hours, yeah, get the job. That's a, and that's a lot, you know. That's a lot of time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But the fact that there's a game out there that says, you know what, you want to do this game, it's going to cost you this, this many hours. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're owning that, I mean, I'm sure maybe you can beat it in 60 hours, 70 hours maybe. But Probably. The fact that. Uh, try four minutes. I can beat it in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> up, up, down, down, left, right. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Let me well, tell you something. Exactly. Fire Marshal Bill in the house. Mm. Um, he was not so good at putting out fires. Wait, that's not a good pivot either. Let's just keep going on, on leaks. Let's just go leaks. Let's just stay of leaks. We'll keep speaking on leaks. There have been continued leaks from the massive data breach that happened at Capcom. Uh, Apparently, there was a screenshot that showed the development schedule for many upcoming and yet-to-be-announced games from the company. And as we should do, we are now going to tell you some of those leaked titles. In quarter four of FY21... (laughs) What do you think that is? What is FY21? Financial year. Okay, so quarter four of financial year 21, Resident Evil Outbreak. I am very excited about this next one. Dragon's Dogma 2 will be in quarter two of financial year 2022. Street Fighter 6, quarter three of financial year 2022. Rockman, which is in parentheses Mega Man, will also be in that same quarter. Resident Evil 4 Remake, Ooh. which I don't even know why the game needs a remake, but if it's got VR, and I can play it very well. Uh, maybe it didn't, and I. Uh, uh, but anyway, it's going to be quarter four of 2022. They need money. Uh, Monster Hunter Six, yes, yeah, will be quarter two of uh, financial year 2023, and then we also have a Final Fight remake, yeah, which will be in 2024 financial year, and that will be in the second quarter. Those are some pretty big games, boys. Yeah, first Street Fighter okay. since 2000. 15 2016 yeah. and dragon's dogma that is a that game's ba so i'm that's excited for the sequel. Right there. and then of course monster hunter 6 i think that's you got to think that that's their king yeah am i wrong on that maybe no. maybe that and res any res games yeah well what it already leaked when eight was coming last week right yeah so yeah like april or something yeah Good. it seems to be what their new trend i guess is just going to be Every other year you get a new Resident Evil and then 
a remake the next year? Possibly. Right? Uh, well, I will tell you this, Chris. Uh, it's possible that this show may cover that new um, Zelda game, The Age of Calamity. Uh-huh. And to tie that in, based on what you just said, I don't think that I think it's going to be a one-off. There will not be a one every other year, and um, you can tell us more about that. Well, even though this is the second game in the series, Nintendo isn't expecting Hyrule Warriors to become its own spin-off series. That doesn't mean the another installment couldn't happen with the uh, right idea, according to E.G. Anuma. Uh, maybe I said that right. Uh, long-running producer of the Legend of Z- Zelda series, quote. I do think circumstances could align like this again, but I don't think we're expecting this to become a series. We made that decision based on its creative merits, just like we did this time. I think it depends on whether we get an idea that makes all the fans happy. Uh, he went on to call this an idea first approach. I think I'm fine with this because if there's one thing about the Warriors uh, games, whether you're talking about dynasty or in this case, Hyrule, um, you know, there's only so much you can do with them here. I thought they kind of filled a need where it was like, Hey, we want to tell what actually happened before breath of the wild. And we can use this as an outlet instead of having a creative team go out there. One of our own internal teams develop a huge thing. Um, but I could also see where they definitely don't want it to be, how dynasty warriors became where early on it was a huge release. And then over time it just became, yeah, yeah there's a new dynasty warrior game now. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's, that's a good point, Chris. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, we, this game could be on our radar pretty soon. You never know. Yeah. Um, so boys, John, I, get your, I may get or your, may not have it. Uh, I may or may not have it. I, oh. I, I would oh, like to I get know. it, but it's just one of those things where, again, I, I just look at the time. and I'm well, You'd like, have to rebuy a Switch, and we all know. <laughs> I have a Switch right now. It's sitting right there. <laughs> John, get your voice ready. Ooh. We are at the last last news piece of the thing. Chris has to get his effects ready. We got to do this right because this is, kind of, this is kind of a good little nugget we're about to give the folks to wrap up news, okay? Do I get to say it? You're the, you're the last one. Yes, Chris is going to say the thing. Oh, he gets to say it. Yeah, he gets to. Oh, that's what you meant. He gets to say that. He's got to say that. He's got the board, you know. Yeah. But you get you get to say it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Kapow. By me this week. <laughs> Boo. What? Uh, what kind of game is coming out? Do you ask? Yes, I did. You Bond. heard it. Bond. James Bond. Oh. IO Interactive, the developer behind Hitman has announced Project 007, a Hmm. new James Bond game. The game is described as a, quote, wholly original Bond story Hmm. in which players will step into the shoes of the world's favorite secret agent to earn their status in the very first Bond origin stories, and apparently that wasn't Casino Royale. Uh, (laughs) I like, wait, is Inspector Gadget a secret agent? He's, uh, he's, he's an inspector. An, he's, no, is he? he's an inspector. Oh, I was going to say I like him better than James Bond, but it doesn't fit. So he's like a Ooh, private detective. Get you gadget. That was fantastic. Oh my god, my mind is blown. That was that's a that's a true reaction. That was you nailed that. The question is with Bond. Oh my god, are they going to try to have their very own original Bond, which of course uh, enters them into potential Avengers game territory of risk or? if they're going to go with one of their, at least someone emulating 
one of their pre-known uh, pre-known what? bond. What was that? What was that? I think uh, yeah. it should be a female bond. Um, do you uh, you know which version would they go with? Would you go Roger Moore over Sean Connery, or would you go with Daniel Craig? Sean Connery. I think it should be All a right. brand new female bond. Hmm, I'd be fine with that. Voiced by Idris Elba. That would make it even better because Idris Elba is great. At everything. I want him so bad as Bond. I would. Give what if it was Idris Elba Bond. doing Sean Connery? <laughs> <laughs> no, but this. I mean, you you got to imagine this uh, has a little bit of. This is not going to be Goldeneye, you yeah. know, because since when was Bond ever really a shooter? You know, in the stories. You but know? it works so good, it, bro. It, it did. It did work so well, but. I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be in their vein of Hitman, you know, not that yeah. you're going to, I, you know, not, a, not that it's going to be a stealth game per se, but it's just going to have that. Dude, that if it's like Hitman, it could work. Yeah. Um, you think it so? It really could. Yeah, I really do. I'm excited. It'll probably be a day one purchase for me if I'm being honest. When was the last Bond game we ever had? Mine was 007, Goldeneye. I'm trying to think if there was one this generation or not. They did or a remake. Previous. Of double O, yeah. Of, of Goldeneye on the Wii, I did not buy it. I didn't feel like I needed to. Yeah. I feel like there was definitely one that came out during the 360 era, but I don't know if there was one mm-hmm. PS4, Xbox One. I don't know. I never played Goldeneye. What I did play was um, the sequel to that, The World Is Not Enough, mm-hmm. which was kind of fundamentally the same ish game. Did you feel it was enough? No, I never liked it. Hmm. So yeah. the world was not enough. Got it. The world is not enough, and I think we have given the people enough news. <laughs> there is pizza waiting on me and Christmas lights to be hung, boys. So let's go on over to emails. Please be careful. If you would like to be cool and be a part of the email section of our show, um, which also we read from Twitter and mention folks from Discord, uh, you could write an email just like, uh, let's see, David did to our weekly games chat email. And of course, that is at weekly games chat. Wait, all right, let's back up. It's weekly games chat at gmail.com. And Chris, get that right. do you want to read the prayer request that uh, old David sent in? Sure, if I can get to right. it because I wasn't. If not, I can read it since nah, I kind of on the spot. You got it? Yeah, I'm there. Uh, okay. Dear Richards, just so you know, I have not abandoned Weekly Game Chat as a listener. I am, however, three episodes behind. What can I say? Been distracted with, well, the poop show that is 2020. I'm writing two things. Two things! Two things! <laughs> One, my hope is that the email will force you out of your sweatpants and into the studio so you can produce an episode this holiday week. Hey, good job. Uh, Two, I may be three episodes behind, but I need something to listen to when I'm lying around stuffing myself like a Thanksgiving turkey over the next several days. Secondly, I have a proposal a few episodes back. One, I only just heard this week because I'm a slacker. Chris mentioned... In passing that Asheville, North Carolina is the mecca of beer. It is. Uh, I can second this assertion as my wife. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and I took a road trip there to do a beer festival and brewery tour a couple of years ago. Let me be clear. We are not alcoholics. <laughs> well, it makes one of us. Um, <laughs> uh, we think to ourselves, uh, or we like to think of ourselves as beer enthusiasts who drink anything from PBR to barrel-aged sour ales to Cabernet Franc to Chardonnay to Smoky Scotch to Good Manhattan to, oh my God, my mouth is watering. Hang on. I'll be right back after about 12 hours. Um, okay. So we may have a problem, but I like to think that really we're just all in this together. Kind of like the weekly games chat community. Indeed. I don't know what that analogy means, but I do know that your Asheville comment gave me an idea, which is what if after COVID goes away, say in 2022, uh, we plan the first ever weekly game chat meet and drink in Asheville. You know, put out the word on the Discord. We can have plenty of time to plan and save, and we can convene in Asheville for a hangfest, uh, the likes of which the Carolinas have never seen. What say ye, Richards? Want to go stagger through the wicked weed? Ooh, I used to love that place, but now I've got issues. Uh, the Functorium together. Uh, mount ourselves on one another's shoulders and have a chicken fight in the middle of the Buddhist drum circle in downtown Asheville while yelling Valhalla. I'm sorry, I didn't say that right. Valhalla! Um, and wake up the next day, group spooning John in a ditch outside of one of the 47 head shops in town. He votes yes. I vote uh, yes. Let's get it. Yeah. Why do I get spooned? Well, well because you're adorable. Yeah. Move on, Chris. We just have to. <laughs> uh, the thought of this endeavor makes my taste buds and loins tingle with yeah. anticipation. Dude. Your pal, David, a.k.a. Zorro, Northern Virginia. Yeah, I might have said earlier, he asked, um, he asked on Discord, he said, is there going to be an episode this week? And I said, well, if you send an email, there might be. So that's why he sent that. that so might be why. Well, thank you. Yeah. David, thanks for also plugging our discord. Just like Chris and I mentioned, uh, if you want a uh, exclusive invite to our discord, all you gotta do is ask for it. We're kind of, we're kind of loose with these things. Yeah. Colin. Like I, uh, like I am with a lot of stuff. There's a guy, Colin who asked for one and I shot him an email right back and said, Hey, you got 24 hours, but if that doesn't work. Let me know. So what does uh, a group spoon look like? Am, well, I just, am I just the ever, one being scooped and, and you know, you you you're on the bottom of a pile. The human centipede. <laughs> um, <laughs> not the best movie, John. Probably not the best visual either, either but yeah. Over on Discord, um, Amini says uh, to Chris, uh, <laughs> Chris, you should definitely download the Mountain Blade Warband demo if you mm. want to try uh, maybe that style of game without buying it. Yeah. Thoughts? Uh, I've looked at it before. I think Josh, a uh, friend of the show, has recommended it to me before. Said, like, hey, have you tried this? Like our Josh? Yeah. It's been out, I believe, for a little bit now. And, yeah. Maybe. Uh, I think I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the right one as far as games, but maybe I'm wrong. You're probably not wrong. It's all fine and dandy. Mm. Uh, we do have uh, Solve for X says email for next week. What's the best bang for buck purchases you've all made this year that might be a good buy during Black Friday? It's mm. a great question, actually. Bang for buck. Um, yeah, it means like you got a good deal on it and yeah. you'd recommend it. I don't know if I'm the what, person for that. What do we got? What do we got? Say that again. So, what's the best bang for buck purchase you have made this year that might be a good buy during the Black Friday deals? Chris, I got to say, if they could find a TV with the thing you got on it, I think for a good this, deal. I think the LG CX is actually on sale right now. Um, two what, for, for eight thousand dollars, thirteen hundred something. 
So if you if you're willing to pay that price, that might be a good investment. I actually gotta say, uh, and I didn't find this, but uh, John uh, bought these uh, bought a headset about a week or so ago from Logitech. Uh, was it the Logitech Pro? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And I have to say that has definitely been a very nice bang for our buck. Yeah, because uh, he bought I, it, and then I properly the next day after listening to him and seeing how it looked, I said. I yes. need to go buy this. <laughs> and and fun so. fact, that was the purchase you made where you witnessed the uh yeah. totally legit and non illegitimate transaction between myself and a friend of the show, Mike, and my PS five purchase. So, that's what I told the officer when he interviewed me. See, that's the thing. I don't I don't know that I have a bang for your buck purchase I've made. I've got DJ money. I bought a PS five. I don't know if that's the best thing right now. And if you but I will say that if you can find one during Black Friday get it it is pretty freaking epic to what about that watch or uh the wireless logitech board you or keyboard you got no that's that thing is that was only like 25 dollars anyway that's a good thing for your buck it is i just don't all right so let's say you find yourself a wireless <laughs> mouse and keyboard combo uh maybe not for gaming but just to have in general i found one from logitech that's pretty dope mm-hmm. uh, if you find stuff like that you know on black friday hook it up that's yeah. what's up for sure do, go ahead, John. You can do ask. you have the ability to do wireless keyboard on your PC? Yeah, you just need a dongle. Yeah. I just want to say that word. Because, you know, dongle is my favorite word ever, fun fact. Are they every bit as responsive as something you wire into the... Yes. Okay. Fascinating. They are. The, the dongles, see I said it again, <clears throat> they're kind of attuned to the thing that it's tied to. Hmm. For, for excellent, you know, response time, John. Mm. Uh, so good news coming over on Twitter. Again, our Twitter handle is at Weekly Games Chat. Uh, our friend over the pond, Nat the Gooner, Ooh. Um, he mentioned us on an email he got that said, Dear customer, great news, your PS5 is coming soon. Ooh. Uh, so he should get his from, uh, from someplace called Curry's PC World. We don't have one of those over here. Uh, sometime in mid December. So that's legit. You got, you know, um, we kind of hinted at it earlier. Uh, John, he's a little nervous, but he's got one on the way. Should so, be here. Our, should be here on the 30th. On the 30th. That's, that's soon. That's soon boys. I peered at um, one in a car. What happened? I peered. You- at, <laughs> I thought I was, I was a click away and then, and then it was snatched, which I guess isn't the worst of the stories. Uh, from bad. from our uh, from our friends, who have- I was working on some play on that, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, thank you to uh, Draven who uh, mentioned us on Twitter at S10 Draven. Uh, he says uh, another great episode. This was last week with great content. He wished we could do more during the week. Does he know how busy we are? No, uh, it's crazy. Uh, and you can you can catch the tweet I put out, boys and girls, that. Um, Basically said, how would you like that copy of Horizon Zero Dawn that was unopened that I have? Um, Draven once again said that that was a huge part of our history. It was. He says it's the last known physical copy that is still sealed, which That's is funny. hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, if you want it, man, just reach out to us. Uh, let us know. And and several people want to know if we'll sign it. We'll definitely find a way to sign it. Sure. Or um, if your intent is to keep it sealed, which would be hilarious maybe we don't sign this elephane we'll, we'll get those details to you 
you know, as needed and how you want it to be done. But I don't think Chris, John, or myself have any problem signing, you know, my copy of that uh, Horizon Zero Dawn for sure. I have a problem I reached with out, John signing it. You're not going to sign it? No, I said I have a problem with John signing it. Not like oh. for a specific reason, but just because That's you fair. asked. And I was That's just fair. like, I have a problem with John signing it. It's just the way it is. Uh, you know, Opa, I talk about him a lot. 8-Bit Opa over there on Twitter. Um, he was a big World of Warcraft guy. He switched over to Final Fantasy. But uh, breaking news, boys, the new expansion came out yesterday. So I reached out to Mike and uh, and then Opa. And Mike is Opa. But he said he'll probably get back into it. I, I don't know if you remember this, but on Discord, we saw constantly him playing that game, and I kind of missed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Platt even said he would also like, going back to the to the uh, game, he said uh, he would love a chance to win that copy of that signed game, and um, he said it would be an ultimate Christmas surprise. I think everyone should feel like Justice Platt does on this situation. I'm just saying. Uh, let's see here. Oh, on our direct messages. Uh once again, driving messaged us and said that uh, he wants us to sign it. The people are speaking, boys. We're going to make that happen. Uh, let's see if we have any new likes. I don't know if we do. I mean, followers, nothing this week. This is going to be that time where you guys are busy with Thanksgiving and, you know, fr- Friendsgiving and being safe with the COVID out there and playing your new consoles. So we'll take that as uh, that's why we kind of kind of slow on the on the, uh, you know, incoming emails and whatnot. But just to remind you, if you want to send an email to us, you can do so weekly games, chat at gmail.com. If Twitter's your thing, our handle is at weekly games, chop and then chop weekly games, chat. That's so funny. I'm hungry. I'm saying stuff like, chop. I'm going to make an offshoot of this podcast called weekly. <laughs> yeah, weekly just talk games, about food. Chop, weekly and games, just, chop. How can you game up your pork chop game? <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, if you want that exclusive invite to our Discord community, please reach out to us and and let us know. But unless the boys have something else, uh, yeah, my stomach's eating my backbone. I'm a little hungry, so I'll I'll leave it here. Boys, thoughts, prayers? I think this is episode 283. Yes, I was going to say this has been episode 283. Chris is on it today. He is not drunkard, um, but we kind of like drunkard. It was, I kind it was fun of, last week. Uh, we can only look. I have it in the bylines. Like, <laughs> you get it about once every 120 episodes where I'm like, today's the day where I break down. It, it, it got so precious towards the end. It was fantastic. But yeah, episode 283, uh, wherever you download and listen to us, please give us a review, a like, uh, tell your friends about us. We appreciate everything. Um, know that. Please know that. Uh, and I'll simply now say, as I always do. Uh, game on to Chris and John. Game on uh, John and Sean. If this, this, is when John if this guy would just would say the thing. Zip up jacket. Oh man. Game the F on everybody. Game the up. F on. He's excited. All right. You guys have a good one till next week. Peace out everybody. Your mom's boss. Thug life.